Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to 2001 in the year of Vince McMahon. We've had technical issues, so this episode's got to be brisk, it's got to be hot, it's got to be sleek like a greyhound. My name is John Hastings. We have... I am Dylan Gott. We, had, we have 45 minutes of fucking hot fucking audio that we just had to fucking cut. Because someone, me, fucked up royally. Because we all know that you guys like bad sound here at the rest of the review but we also realize you don't want no sound and that's what you would have gotten no sound <laughs> so let's get right into it baby january 2001 in the life and career of vince mcmahon he is on a bunch of best of lists as man of the year what are those magazines stuff what stuff magazine it's well you know how you can just see a woman's boobs now in 2001 you couldn't do that yeah yeah, yeah. You had to fucking read a bunch of articles about how which creatine to take, even though you're 13. And you know what? Vince McMahon was one of the top 10 most dangerous people in the world by a magazine that could have been called Sexism. Yeah. And that Sexism magazine went, even we think this guy is creepy. In January 2001, Vince McMahon is, uh, by the Boston Globe, is named uh, most likely to kill a kid just to get a boner. Uh, also, in the magazine Splurt Time... He was called uh, World's Most Kissable Boy. And uh, for a brief time, he was featured uh, as a columnist for Women Are Bad Weekly. Yeah, he had a self-funded magazine called <laughs> Right Wing Punch Him in the Face News. And he was the anchor and it, it was 24 hours a day, all Vince McMahon yelling all the time. Yeah, it was broadcast this only is, uh, at his house and Linda yeah. found it very off-putting. So he was called Man of the Year by the Boston Globe. Uh, he was he he surpassed even Fox News' Rupert Murdoch and was blamed for pumping out propaganda. Uh, who was also blamed, sorry, for pumping out propaganda under the guise of fair and balanced reporting. This is when he gives also his famous Playboy interviews where he's like, yeah, I cheated on my wife. My dick's so big. Why can't other people suck it? It's weird because Dylan has since tried to use that excuse to get people to help him cheat on his wife. And they're like, it's not and that's not a reason. And he's like, but I own a Playboy. And they're like, please leave this library. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still have a Playboy subscription, even though it's just online now. Yum, 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 yum. I don't look at the photos. I only jack off to the articles. That's what you're supposed to do, right? Oh, this is something we didn't talk about in the original recording, though. Go ahead. He basically says, in the early 80s, it was cer and certainly before then, it was viewed as a six-pack and a blowjob, but today's performer is more sophisticated and educated. He's on the internet after a match or playing video games. He wants to watch tape and study his performance. He does not go to the bar. And this is in 2001, and what happens as a result of, t in the wake of 2001, that's right, most of his roster dies. Yeah. In 2001, he's like, they don't go to the bar. What they do is they go to a doctor and they get pain pills and then they go to the bar because they're fucking men now and they die and I want them to die. <laughs> what they do is they don't just have vodka and sleep with a woman. They have vodka and pain pills and die in their sleep. What's Real men. The thing that's important to remember is what you got to do when you're a fucking boss like all the people that work for me is die young so that you do not get old. <laughs> Royal Rumble takes place January 21st at the New Orleans Arena. Just over 17,000 people. The buy rate is 625,000, up 35,000 from the previous year. This is where, obviously, The Rock wins the Royal Rumble, although they are really having to look at new options for who to put on top because The Rock is on a limited schedule because 
Unfortunately for Vince McMahon, his movie career is doing well, and Stone Cold Steve Austin is in shambles physically. So who's your next guy? Is it gonna, it's me. Is it going to be Kurt Angle, who beats Triple H for the WWF Championship? Or is it going to be Triple H, who is pretty much your son now? Yeah. It's going to be Triple yeah. H. Yeah. Is it going to be the guy that actually is a uh, world-class performer and takes to wrestling better than any other person that's ever been seen? Or the guy that gets pegged by your daughter. Of course, it's the guy who gets pegged by your daughter because that's your dream. You're Vince McMahon. Quickly, get that man a mirror so I can watch him have sex. I'm Vince, and I'm <laughs> I'm a type of weird that makes psychologists go sheesh. Pardon me. Go ahead. <laughs> I want my daughter to date the man who looks most like me. <sighs> I'm old-fashioned that way. I'm an old-school guy. Vince McMahon was uh, heard to remark in the Playboy interview, I'm an old-school guy who just wants to have... His daughter penetrate his asshole with some sort of porcelain or plastic apparatus, while my wife does chores that are unnecessary and caused by my own destruction. He then looked at the reporter, said, is that too much to ask, and tried to make out with an actual camera lens. Welcome to Vince McMahon's 2001. As pointed out in the previously unheard um, recording that Dylan and I did, um, the... First part of 2001 is an absolute masterpiece. It's a hangover from 2000 of the well-thought-out Chris Kresge years. Uh, Jim Ross is still solidly in control of talent relations. Everything is going well. And 2001, the beginning of 2001 is the last sort of vestige of people being listened to by Vince McMahon. And by the end of, uh, of March... And the, by the end of WrestleMania in 2001, Vince McMahon is solidly back in charge. Stephanie is the head of creative. And it's time to let the bad ideas roll, baby. Yeah, this is Vince McMahon at the height of his hubris. This is basically Vince McMahon's personality is Hitler after he just took Poland. That's very good. Yeah, he's like, there's no beating me. <laughs> um, in an interview in Media Week for the XFL, Vince said, football is a man's game. Don't put a woman on the sidelines and have her tell me about football. It's offensive. She might know more about the game than I do, but quite frankly, when she tells me she does, I resent her more. She's never played the game. When a woman tells me about football, I think it's just bad programming. This was in response to him having male sideline reporters only. One of those sideline reporters being Jesse the Body Ventura, which is, yeah. I don't want Aaron Andrews staying on topic about the game. I want a guy wildly speculating about if the CIA's using the ball to spy on me. He hate me just scored a touchdown or was he assisted by some sort of manimal? He, who's he? Is it? George Bush Sr. I want the answers, XFL. All right, welcome everyone to the XFL. Jesse, the body governor, Ventura here. And we just had a tackle at the 11th yard line. By the way, later this year, there will be an attack on the Twin Towers. That will be an inside job. <laughs> oh, the inside job, you're asking, who is it? Is it Bush will do it? No, it's Vince McMahon, because he wants to make Muhammad Hassan popular in two years. Yes, it's very important to know that Vince McMahon has two airplanes and a wrestler named Muhammad Hassan, and he wants to make sure that that guy could potentially be in contention for the intercontinental title, and luckily I'm a fighter, so I'm going to stop him from being a fighter. <laughs> um again this and this is again the important the important distinction here is this is the beginning of vince mcmahon really presenting as a tone-deaf old fuck who should be sitting in a boardroom and not be in charge of everything by giving that interview right there is 
If you're a PR person, you're just going, what the fuck are you fucking doing? This isn't now going to be about wrestling. This isn't now going to be about the XFL. It's going to be about you saying that. Again, 2001 was still a garbage fire in terms of um, opinions of women presented in mainstream media, especially ones geared towards teenagers like the XFL or wrestling was. But... Again, it's such a contrast to Vince McMahon, 1997, 1998. He is surrounded by people. He's listening to people. Vince McMahon, 2001 is everyone shut the fuck up. And then there's a farting noise and he goes, that's what we're going to do with the budget. And then he walks out and full pisses just on someone's carpet and then leaves a building. Like this is this is Colonel Kurtz, end of apocalypse now, Vince McMahon. I finally beat my daddy. Get me his skull. I'm going to fuck his skull moments like this is the this is the scarface pile of cocaine about to get shot in the back end of the movie but the only difference is vince mcmahon survives for another 19 years yeah i don't think because there's no one else who wants to be famous in this space so it's really kind of unprecedented that's a fucking brilliant point of i was gonna say tony khan wants to now which is pretty crazy because it's like now that cable television has nothing anymore like there's no real reason to watch tv like i heard a my first ever i was watching the nba playoffs and i heard the first ever promotion of a wrestling pay-per-view by a sportscaster that wasn't like snooty the guy went all out is on on saturday I talked to Tony Khan. He's really excited about this show. See John Moxley versus MJF. MJF is one of the best wrestlers I've seen. That was it. Yeah. It wasn't like wrestling's on. If you guys like fake shit and you never want to fucking see a tit, you fucking loser. Anyway, I'm going to go talk about this real sports now. You guys are fucking nerd pussies. It was like a genuine, which is crazy because that means they're actually putting actual like he actually has a guy who has his wits about him who's actually going to be a competitor now for the first time ever because people forget that like except for bischoff for like three years and vince mcmahon never has to have the scarface moment because no one else wants to take the cocaine from him he's just a guy with a bunch of cocaine who's like i'm the king and everyone's like sure (laughs) i need fifty thousand dollars this will look good on a resume when I apply to other jobs. That's how the WWF is viewed now. It's like, oh, I know what that is. Yeah, it's again. The, but the thing that I want to just point out that's different now is Vince is also going against someone that their 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 second love is football. Their first love is wrestling. And that is a dangerous combination to be in because Vince's first love is himself. And his second love is making sure wrestling fans are treated with nothing but disregard. Yeah, and his third love is dressing everyone up like mommy. Yeah, dress up everyone like mommy and then make sure everyone knows that daddy isn't good. You're bad, daddy. So February, the WWF make an offer to Paul Heyman to work with them. And Paul Heyman, through being the ultimate finesser, um, and it was prum- presumably to buy the failing ECW, Ooh. but he because j- they just figured they would get it in bankruptcy court later. But then Heyman puts one over on Vince by saying he has the rights and they need to use the branding and the invasion angle, which he does not. This pushes the value of ECW up, meaning Vince must pay more for it in court, and also that Heyman's parents, a key creditor in the bankruptcy, receive a payout. Heyman turns down the initial offer, but of course, by WrestleMania, he will be worth the WWF because Jerry the King Lawler quits in a huff when they fire his wife. He then 
tries to go to WCW, which obviously it doesn't work out because WCW is no longer a thing. And he says, can I come back? And they say, not for six months. Yeah. No, first you have to leave. And also in that six, six months, um, Jerry's wife turns 22 and he goes from being like, I love you to get out grandma and then she's like what and he's like you're old and she he throws cotton balls and hard rock candy at her until she leaves and goes finds another lover <laughs> yeah exactly jerry the king lawler takes her to a carnival for their anniversary and she goes this is the fifth carnival this week don't you think I'm, we're a bit old for this and then he buries her alive yeah he goes you are and then i like to hear the screams i don't like her because she's not uh what you call inappropriate i'm jerry and i'm the worst ha ha Ooh, if she doesn't fit in in a Chuck E. Cheese, i don't want to see her Hoo-hoo. jimmy savile is my jesus Hoo-hoo. i'm jerry what? <laughs> Yay! Jerry the King Lawler's biography, What Happens in the Shadows. Yeah, Jerry, Jerry the King Lawler's biography, if you appear to be awful on camera, they'll just assume you're not off camera. When it turns out, you're even worse. <laughs> so, March 5th, to celebrate victory in a wrestling war, Vince McMahon makes Trish Stratus bark like a dog. And what is the bigger issue that they have with Paul Heyman says on commentary. He Johnny says, Boy. I came, hey mom, I came all the way to Washington and I get to say, Bu- I get to see Bush. And that's when everyone was like, hey, 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 you can make that human being pretend to be a dog. That's fine. She's a woman and probably on her period, which makes her bad. But that man can't say Bush on television. A 14 year old boy might have been distracted from the misogyny and heard something about pubic hair. that was literally the problem where it's like oh it's fine you make a woman bark like a dog but don't have anyone point it out Uh, and i got news for you i agree with the controversy what happened to trish oh that was a fun segment that's just proving vince mcmahon bad guy Mm -hmm. you do not say the word bush at 9 p.m on cable dylan that's a fucking bridge too fucking far for my, my tastes and also 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 let me say this she shouldn't have ha- she shouldn't have a bush. She's an adult. You shave it off. Be a fucking be a fucking human being and get that hair out of there. I like got to scorch the wood down. Oh yeah. Down to the bare bones. I will, genitals should look like dance class floors, shiny and smooth. <laughs> you should be ashamed of yourself if you flaunt your puberty. Yeah. How dare you look unclean. So Let's do this. March 14th, Vince has his famous interview with Bob Costas only nine days after Trish barks like a dog. Yes, of course. The Bob Costas interview is the influence for the dynamic of this program. I am, of course, Bob Costas, an informed, smart, hot boy. And Dylan is Vince McMahon, a riled up racist. Go ahead, Dylan. You do not like any minorities. Yeah, but I don't use the trigger words, which is why I get off scuff-free. I just draw my pictures. Yeah, no one, no one's aware of how many pictures of the Prophet Muhammad Dylan draws on a given basis here at the Wrestler Review. Yeah, and he's doing all sorts of stuff. <laughs> he's doing all sorts of stuff. So March 14th, Vince obviously does his Bob Costas interview, which I think is hilarious because this is nine days after Trish barks like a dog. And Bob Costas, when he watched that, must have jumped with joy when he saw it. And Vince McMahon, like any PR person would have seen that as an absolute, like an absolute horrible thing to have happened before an interview of this magnitude. But Vince McMahon 
does it to himself. But this is the thing that's important to remember. Isn't that insane? Yeah, 100%. Because here's the thing. How do I say this? Bob Costas is literally going, There's there, if they had a professional PR person, Trish barks like a dog, they cancel the Bob Costas interview. Vince McMahon's in charge. Trish barks like a dog. As he's walking back, he picks up a giant, hilarious Nokia cell phone, calls Bob Costas to confirm the interview. While Bob Costas is like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. Like, it's... It's so counterintuitive because this is Vince doesn't like the world, builds his own world. And this is the year where Vince's world and our world come the closest into merging. And they and if Vince had been better at being a human being, this year would have been the year that he got way more wildly successful. Until instead, instead, this is the year where in spite of the the owner and operator of the company, it maintains success. Like I fear what ha- the meetings that were held on 9-12 because I guarantee Vince was like, we own the Twin Towers. Get me Akeem. Get me the big boss man. Get me a paper plane. We're doing this. And they were like, Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. Ray and One Man Gang are still alive. Get them in here. Hogan will beat them. <laughs> USA wins. Yeah. Yeah. Get me Kurt. Get him. Get me a knife. Why? What are you gonna do? We're gonna kill Kurt Angle. That'll be the end. <laughs> oh, so, so this would literally have been like if Osama bin Laden before his uh, sixty minutes interview would have been like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do the interview. Just can you take me buying this uranium first? I mean, I want to anyway. just point out that you also hang on, hang on, hang location? on, hang on, hang on. Dylan's been listening to a podcast about. The Iraq War. Uh, he meant to say Saddam Hussein, but he said Osama bin Laden. You're a fucking idiot, man. <laughs> no, Osama did an interview. Osama did an interview with Dan Rather before the Twin Towers, but yeah. He In like interview. the 90s. Yeah, of course, but this was after they were like, uh, Osama did the Oklahoma City bombing, and then it turned out it was a white supremacist, and they were like, okay, don't mention it's a white supremacist. <laughs> yeah. Lone gunman with not who's not in a network of white supremacists. Certainly, there's no network of white supremacists anyway, but there's a network of uh, Islamic fundamentalists that are away, that are thousands of miles away, but not thousands of white supremacists all around us. Anyway, yeah, they're Dylan's. But that is for our other podcast. John talks reverently about the Nazis, and Dylan says, "John, please, you have a career." (sighs) It's not with reverence, anyway. So um, let's talk about this. It's with absolute adoring. No, Sorry. not a- it's with absolute again, adoring. No, no, no. It's not absolute. It's John. Every single year, he dresses up as a businessman, and then for Halloween, and I go, "Ooh, who are you this year, Don Draper?" And he goes, "No, I'm Goebbels." And then I go, "John, stop that!" And he goes, "I'm Joseph Goebbels." First of all, he, uh, that's and then not he true. A picture of this is not true. And then he, and then he uh, <laughs> not true. One year I was he Herman Hess. Another year I was Ava okay, Braun, good. but if he if she was a boy. So uh your story's Ooh. wrong. <laughs> so you were Evan Braun. Yeah, hi, I'm Evan Braun. I'm strong, but I still will take my life for the leader. I'm so sorry this joke is terrible. There you go. No, we're good. This is exactly where we need to yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're but, on the right what, side. What do we need of to say about the Costas way? interview? Go ahead, what? So about about the Costas interview, I think it is the most important. As far as doing a Vince McMahon saga, it's one of the most important things we could possibly study. We should probably even just do a whole episode about the Costas interview for the Patreon or something. I think that's very funny. Yes, let's do that. Because the Costas interview has everything you want from a Vince McMahon interview. 
He's making weird jokes. He's horrifically uncomfortable. He realizes he can't just yell at this man. Like, you realize that Vince McMahon hates HBO because HBO has hard enough and smart enough journalists that will interview him, but also will be like, so some wrestlers died under your employ because of pain pill addictions. Do you have any remorse? And he's like, what is that? Also, I bet you I can bench more than you. And they're like, that has really nothing to do with my question. Yes, it does. And then he th- knocks their paper out of their hands and goes, pick it up. Pick it up, Jim. And he's like, my name's not Jim. And he's like, oh, I thought anyone holding paper was Jim Ross. <laughs> no, this is totally what Costas does. The thing is, Costas just sla- basically goes, the XFL fucking sucks, brah. And then Vince says, yeah, well, you fucking think you're better than me? You're not, little bitch. Plus, I'm way taller than you. All right, tallness contest right now. Oh, sitting down, I win. So fuck my fucking ass, right? That's pretty much what happens, but Vince holds it in really well. Where Costas gets the best of him is when he starts basically, and this happened in the 80s, and this happened in the late 2000s. If wrestling gets super popular again, I don't think it'll happen again, just because so many things do this, but... It, for old people listening to this, and certainly we're old, is they used to just blame any death that happened as a result of kids trying a wrestling move. They blamed that death on the highest grossing wrestling product at the time, which is what they do with um, a brother kills his sister because he does a rock bottom. And I mean, anyone who has siblings here, you did wrestling moves to your siblings, but he rock bottoms his sister. His sister then dies. And he says, Bob Costas, basically his point is why do you feel culpable? Vince McMahon says no. And it's one of those horrible situations where you're like, I understand Bob Costas pretty clear cut the good guy. And Vince McMahon is pretty clear cut the bad guy in this situation. But I do agree with Vince McMahon. Yeah, it's not Vince McMahon's fault, but it's also, but again, it's a PR thing where if Vince McMahon had a proper PR department, a PR person would have literally sat Bob Costas down and been like, if that comes out of your fucking mouth, the um, uh, all of the contracts we've signed, the release is null and void, and we're gonna write that down. And then it'd be like, wait, what? And like, because again, Vince is not fucking the fuck around. Vince shouldn't be fucking yeah. the fuck around, but he do- ends up fucking around because he's not smart at protecting his image and his brand. Yeah, it's crazy. He doesn't have a PR guy. He's just like, I'll just fucking get out of it. No, there was on set. What happened was Bruce Pritchard was with him. And then when Bob Costas asked that question, Vince looked to his right and Bruce Pritchard was holding up a big piece of Bristol board that just said, call him gay. And Vince winked and did that. Yeah, exactly. And Bruce literally was just like, looked at a HBO producer and was like, we got you now. And then just held up a photo touche sissy boy yeah aha you think you've beaten us we're the we're the wrestling boys and then bruce pritchard literally during the interview ate a full 24 piece bucket from kfc like the they had to ask him (laughs) to take a step back because they could hear it on the microphone and they were just like why did you bring that and he was like oh i didn't think you guys would provide food and they're like there's a full catering right over there it's not kfc though uh okay we'll sell this the way they do in the back you get 12 pieces of fucking kfc i get 12 pieces of popeyes first one to finish them isn't a pussy yeah, first one to die okay i finished mine first it doesn't matter the kids are dead all right well we'll throw out the case then that's how it goes in arkansas um he's from texas ladies and gentlemen the other thing to remember is the invasion is also happening fusion to media which is eric bischoff is unable to purchase the company because uh time warner has canceled nitro and thunder um which is a yep. stupid fucking move by the way because still 
Still, their ratings were supremely low, still highly rated on their networks, which is the funny, like literally. Yeah, because it's on cable. Yeah, after this, TNT just becomes the law and order network for ten year, for 20 years until they get AEW again. 100%, which is sick. It is sick. You're right. 100% sick. 100%. And now TNT uh, is basically the AEW is essentially TNT going, we're so sorry. We're so sorry. We're so yeah. sorry. We're so sorry. Please come back. Please come back. Please come back. Please come back. We need your money. We need your money. Please, please. We'll sell Accutane for 60-year-olds or whatever, you fucking ugly nerds. Please, please, please. We'll give money to the Trump camp. We'll give money to the Trump campaign, and then the incels that love wrestling that also listen to the show are like, ah, we don't believe in politics anymore. Now you just have to give us bullets. What are you going to use them for? We eat gunpowder. <laughs> so the weird thing that's happened, honestly, with wrestling is that for years they thought wrestling was only for nerds who lived in their parents' basement, but now they've recently realized that maybe they do live in their parents' basement, or maybe they don't. But the one thing is, they all have jobs that they work, and then no life after that, which leads for expendable income. Correct, Dylan. Like, this is the most simple thing. Just because you're a nerd that lives in your parents' basement doesn't mean you don't also have a job. It also means you don't pay rent, so you have more money to be like, uh, I need to be able to buy every copy of See No Evil available in my town. Time to get that double shift going. No, I don't pay fucking alimony. Yes, it's because I need to buy all the copies of the Marine. Yeah. Let me ask you this. The plot holes in Marine 3 do not gel with the original script. Answer my fucking emails. Um, There you go. I own every draft of the script of the Marine. And I'll say this. A lot of the versions of that, they just call John Cena's character John Cena. Yeah. And then John Cena's the Marine. Yeah. Uh, John Cena does push up and looks in the camera and goes, I'm a Marine now. And then a bunch of people in the town are like, that's cool. And then Vince McMahon is there and he just fully kills a guy that is wearing a sign that says Vince's dad. And then Vince laughs for a long time. And then the movie ends. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, a lot of the movie is just John Cena seeing people's dick in bathrooms and going, that's not as big as Vince McMahon. <laughs> it's true. Again, th- and this is all, that perfectly sets up 2002 because by, it's WrestleMania 17, arguably the best WrestleMania except for the last moment that was, and we know this is, Vin- Steve Austin was like, we need to refresh my character because he's a smart person that looks after his um, vibe. He's a vibe fucking curator, bro. Uh, and But he also was tired of being Stone Cold Steve Austin. He was. And the one thing they never the one thing they never did with Heel Stone Cold that would have been they kind of went 80% with Heel Stone Cold was he never shaved his goatee. I know that seems weird, but it's like just grow your hair out and shave your You're goatee. You're 100% correct because that's what Stone Cold is. I don't know. That's sorry. I I got ahead of myself, but no, you're not. No, we can definitely get ahead of yourself. Again, WrestleMania 17 is for wrestler is one of those things where everyone fucking listening to this has fucking heard like knows about WrestleMania 17. They have watched WrestleMania fucking 17 for the love of fucking Christ. Yeah, they know about it. So WrestleMania 17 happens April 1st, 2001. Just under 68,000 people. The buy rate is 1,040,000, up 215,000 from the previous year. Of course, the main event Stone Cold Steve Austin versus The Rock. Stone Cold Steve Austin wins with the help of Vince McMahon. 
And Stone Cold is quoted as saying he knew it was a bad idea while it was happening. It was kind of one of those ideas they were all jacked up on. And he thought he and it's how much power this guy has, of course. But he was like, I should have just called Audible and stunnered Vince in the middle of the ring. And that would have been the end of it. And the fact that he didn't like there's an there's an alternate universe where that happens and everything's just like yeah and then wrestling was pretty good for another couple yeah days. and then it doesn't result in uh, donald trump being in part of the battle of the billionaires he doesn't become prime minister or prime minister uh, oh yeah prime minister he becomes prime minister of canada he becomes prime minister of canada and he's like if anything i think that there should be a universal income and then he's a socialist that's the that's it yeah that's good yeah this is a weird wrestlemania because it's the end of the attitude era but i mean you have austin versus rock i mean clearly if you're gonna do this again austin maybe i don't know what happens at the end but austin does not turn heel and it's the end of the attitude era because the symbolic stone cold turns face aligns with vince mcmahon by shaking his hand and they try and get austin over his heel and austin's an amazing performer he's the best in wrestling history for my money but he can't make this shit work. They love him too yeah. much. He's too—he's not Hulk Hogan in 1993. He's Hulk Hogan in 1989, where his popularity is just beginning to dip, and he overreacts to it because Stone Cold is a great wrestler. And he's also just a tired, drunk guy at this point. <laughs> like he's just like, I want to sleep. And an abusive husband. I think that gets skirted over a lot. Yeah, let's. Yeah, not you know what, Dylan? You make a great point. Husband. Let's revisit this. There you go, Steve Austin. Great wrestler, bad podcaster, terrible husband. I think he's a great podcaster, and I think that he took a broadcasting course and does it to a T. And I don't know why when Funny or Die wasn't around, they didn't have in like a daily Stone Cold Reads the News because he does it exactly like they teach you in broadcasting school. He's just Stone Cold Steve Austin still. It's very funny. It fucking His ad reads are hilarious. Do you get? Do you got uh, you? You guys, when you're you, sometimes your vagina's a bit dry, and you guys need some. What's this product called again? I didn't read it beforehand. <laughs> like it's like it's like those are the ad throws. Fantastic. Oh no! He, and also his interviews are really interesting because he always he he states a goal. What I want to ask you about before he asks the question is he declares it. Yeah, of course, and and everyone knows that they're talking to Stone Cold Steve Austin, so they just answer whatever question it is. Yeah. And he's like, oh, actually this. Because you probably drive to his house in the middle of nowhere, and then you realize as he's asking you a question, if I don't answer this question, they might never find my fucking body. I mean, the best one ever is where he just talks about how small his hotel room is with Tommy Dreamer, and then they just talk about how they both love ladies. Oh, man. The best one is how him and Bill Burr talk about how owning a smart car is good. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I don't have any. I don't buy a new car. I buy a used car. (laughs) Jesus. Yeah, they're they're out of their fucking minds, everybody. It's fucking phenomenal. They're out of their mind. So this is very important. This is even more important than I'm going to say environmental laws. Is April? It's reported that WWF is genuinely making plans to relaunch WCW as a separate company. Jim Ross and Kevin Dunn are in charge of putting the roster together. Kevin Dunn is the one. Who, isn't Kevin Dunn the one who is credited with saying? Why did you spend all this money to build up the WWF if you're just going to have the WCW look better? Was it Kevin Dunn? Because I remember it was one some top. It was a top executive that WWF fans always shit on for being like uh, the reason why the WWE sucks. When in reality, it's like 
they have 30 hours of pro if they had 30 hours of programming a week or whatever and it was good the whole time you'd be like who the fuck is working on this this is insane but they of course uh talked to goldberg about coming in they talked to kevin nash they talked to all these people but they have long-term deals with time warner where it's like you can either get to know your children for two or three years for millions of dollars or you can take half that money and come get abused by a psycho and booker t goes i don't want to fucking even know my kids middle names or last names i'm going with the psycho Psycho, please. it's unfair but like he wants to keep working and wrestling essentially it's not three years it's maximum two years most of them are 18 months all they needed to do is not do the invasion angle right now which they absolutely could have done like they could have even done Shane winning the match at WrestleMania and then Shane just going, now you got to wait for my next move and just not fucking do it for a while. Like, that's the other thing is the yeah. wrestling world was fine to wait for. Like, we, it was one of those things where it's like, this is never going to happen. And then it's like, oh, it might happen. You didn't need to do it right the fuck away. Instead, it's fucking Vince McMahon. So it's like, let's get this over with and then we can get back to my important business of, uh, Undertaker saying my yard a lot because that's what I goddamn want. Yes, it, it, the evasion angle is essentially April to November, and it is rushed through because clearly Vince McMahon has an arc that he wants to take his character on, and the invasion angle, you're right, is interrupting that arc. Because towards the end of the year, we get the like towards the end of the year, we get officially get the Kiss My Ass Club. Yeah, we get the Kiss My Ass Club. We get Ric Flair. The arc that he wanted. Yeah, we get Ric Flair joining as a co-owner, which makes no sense because you could have just done that. You could have had it in the inverse, which is Ric Flair joins as a co-owner um, and then slowly brings in WCW guys and start the inv- There's a thousand ways. We're not going to rebook the fucking invasion. We're not going to go that far down the wrestling podcast hack rabbit hole. But like... Here's the one thing we can all agree on. The way that they did it was a bit bad, so they should have done it a different way, which probably would have been better. The way they did it was the worst possible way they could have done it. There's six million other ways to do it, and they're all better. Yes. They all don't involve the first guy to invade the WWF being Mike Awesome. Uh, yeah, and then, no, isn't the first guy that invaded WCW, and then they, of course, had, no, they did that after that, which is they then just had a buff Bagwell match that no one was like, Again, because it's also one of those things where it's being all done by people that don't know WCW. Like, they literally needed to go like, hey, Jimmy Hart, we have a good relationship with you. Can you come in and tell us who was over in your product and stuff like that? But they don't, they won't spend the money and they don't want it to work. That's the other thing that's very important. Vince McMahon lives in his own world. Nothing can be portrayed better than him. So it doesn't work. And by the way, they had the perfect template in the NWO of how to do it, and they kind of try with Steve Austin turning on the WWF, all of this sort of stuff. It's fucking terrible, and it's clearly not done with the input of anyone else on creative because they all... Jim Ross, for example, has lived through invasion angles that didn't work. He knows how to do this properly. Yeah, he came over into the NWA in the U- UWF, which was makes yeah UWF uh, failed invasion angle where th- exactly what happened they do the exact same thing with the invasion angle that they did with the yeah so it's just like for fuck's sakes just fucking listen to some of the people that are at your company instead you're Vince McMahon and you're going instead of listening what I'm going to do is um, make sure Buff Bagwell becomes a gigolo because that's the important way to spend my money <laughs> so. 
This is the more important thing, honestly. In addition to the WWF generating in excess of $300 million that year, the XFL is collapsing, meaning that Titan is playing hardball negotiation with WCW talent it's trying to procure, let alone splashing out on the big names. So I don't think it's smart, obviously, like John said, to buy these contracts out. I mean, from a wrestling nerd perspective, you want to be like, fucking, oh, WrestleMania 17 is happening? Austin and The Rock are wrestling, but make no mistake, fucking Goldberg's here in the press box. But the thing to do, they should have done that. I still maintain they should have done that because they had the money to do I mean, from a wrestling nerd, from a nerd perspective, of course you want that to happen, but it's not, he's not going to pay fucking, if Goldberg's uh, two years contract is six million, so it's three million a year, he's not going to give Goldberg four million a year to come in and then all the like, trouble that costs for fucking edge when edge is like i want a singles run which he already wanted a singles run at this point and now you're gonna just be like oh no but goldberg's coming in yeah you Why, absolutely goldberg's you absolutely do that. he hasn't no because here's what you fucking do i mean you fucking wait for the contract you're to falling into the wrestling no no we're not talking about this we're not talking about the invasion angle <laughs> we have 30 more minutes to do this we're not rebooking the invasion angle i'm just saying that from it doesn't make sense from a business perspective, and the X and the XFL exacerbates that point because you're losing three hundred million dollars. Sorry, you're win, you're getting three hundred million dollars, but you're losing all of that um, by paying Tommy Maddox, who is a quarterback in the XFL. All right, you're right. We only have half an hour to go. We're gonna take a break real quick, everyone. So go fucking wet your whistles. This is some ads. We're gonna come back and talk about my favorite time in wrestling. Um, the uh, Vince McMahon behind the scenes invasion angle time, um, which is real good because it's mostly just Vince McMahon not realizing what's going on is bad. I've been, uh, I've been, sl- I've been putting a cup on my skin mound where my dick is, so it actually makes my cock bigger. That's the start of this ad. Oh, Please go to Patreon.com/wrestlerreview <laughs> and donate and donate. To us, $5 gets you exclusive access to our Patreon feed and episodes ahead of time. For $25, you can select a wrestler to review. One guy did Buck Zumoff, who's a pedophile rapist, and we still reviewed him. God damn it, we have no allegiances. Go to Patreon to hear the Buck Zumoff episode, also known as the time where two friends are pushed to the fucking edge. (laughs) Yo, 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 yo. Patreon.com backslash rest review or rate us on iTunes. Subscribe. Throw yourself out a fucking window. Who gets a shit? Oh, yeah. It's the back half of 2001. This is when Vince McMahon really has fun. Time to fire China because your daughter is having sex with her ex-boyfriend and that makes you uncomfortable. Yes. Time. Yes. Um, this is also, of course, the... Um, uh, the development territory of OVW has started in earnest. Uh, they got Lesnar, they got Cena, they got Batista, they got Randy Orton. Vince McMahon hates this because um, they uh, this is actually training them to be wrestlers, and Vince McMahon is against that. The other development territory in Memphis uh, gets rid of the American Dragon. Luckily, he has never heard from again because he is small and vegan, Boom. and Vince McMahon considers that to be a sign of what, Dylan? coolness that's right um this is very important the the great brain trust that led to the attitude era is been completely smashed by 2001 jim Cornette is in um 
OVW uh, running developmental territory and bringing forth the greatest crop of developmental wrestlers the WWE has ever seen, WWF at the time. He is also down there meeting his wife and intimidating people to fuck her while he sits in a hot tub and goes, yeah, 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 yeah. Look at my little pud. Look at my little pud while it moves in the Ooh, tub. it looks like a mushroom that's been over. That's overcooked. your first lesson in wrestling. Look at my little pud. My penis has grill marks. I'm Jim Cornette. <laughs> so I think it's honestly May 21st, the XFL's disbanded, and he lost $35 million. And the uh, entire project is totally fucked up. They didn't even give out a championship rings uh, to the winning team of the million-dollar game. Uh, instead, they made them purchase them for $120 each. Fuck you, you pieces of shit. Um, that is not uncommon, though. That is honestly, that's not Did uncommon. they make them pay for their own championship rings? Um, in the CFL, I know they do. And a lot of lower-level re- leagues, you do have to pay for the championship ring. Obviously not in... The ones that make millions, if not billions of dollars. But a lot of leagues, you do have to pay for your championship rings. If you win a television award in Canada, you have to buy the award. Yes, I did know that. Yeah. So imagine like a lot of things that don't generate a lot of money or operate solely off government grants do make you pay for the awards. Um, the XFL, the failure of the XFL, the speed with which it fails, guaranteed is part of the fuel of Vince McMahon being like, hey, I was going to make WCW a separate brand, but now I think I want to hire Eric Bischoff and ha- start something called the Suck My Dick Club. Can it be the Kiss My Ass Club? No, it's going to be the Suck My Dick Club. And Eric Bischoff's not even going to get into the club because he's just going to suck yeah, my yeah. This He's is- going to beg to suck my dick for, and he's never going to get to. I think that's my storyline moving forward. Yeah, this because again, this is the interesting thing of there. All of the people that really care about wrestling, a lot of them are still there, but they're not aware of. Oh no, Vince just got hurt by the real world, which is where Vince really wants to be because he hates wrestling and everyone that likes him. Yeah. So now it's time for Vince McMahon to spend 19 years trying to get back to having the XFL again, and then coronavirus destroys that, and now I assume. The WWF, the vibe backstage is that similar to when um, your parents get into such a violent fight and one of them goes, and you fucking pierce that condom, which is why we have our bitch kids. Like that's the vibe backstage right now where it's just like, not only do we not, only do we not want to talk, but if we breathe too loudly, someone's going to fucking yell at me. Time to be quiet. Time to be quiet. We're going to get to talk about WWF Studios soon because this... Uh, to a point, this is fun. There are reports that WWF is trying to get a multi-picture deal with a major studio to make films starring their talent. On the back of Buzz around The Rock yeah. is... Uh, the, sorry. On the back of The Buzz, The Rock is generating in as he films The Scorpion King. However, Vince is quoted as saying he wants WWF talent to star in WWF storylines, but guaranteed this is the seed that he's like, I'll just make movies... Like if everyone, if all of my talent is leaving because they want to make movies, then I'll just make the movies. Not understanding, you can't have Vince McMahon writing No Holds Barred, and it's gonna work out this time. Wrong. They should have no, but they should have stuck to the formula of No Holds Barred. Why didn't they make a the series No Holds Barred like they made the Marine? Because again, Vince, this is the problem with Vince. Is Vince only listens to people for a short period of time. If I had been in charge in the first meetings of WWE Studios, I'm like, we're making 
Much like Dirty Harry, we were making a series of No Holds Barred films, Vince. And I get like if Vince WWF had played it properly, No Holds Barred would be a um, cult movie a la The Room. Like it's it's got everything you need to be a cult classic. A man shitting himself. That's it. Um, but instead, because they're not good at marketing themselves as the niche weird thing that they are, it. Um, it uh, it's just squandered and is only remembered in my heart and in my mind and in my balls. They did it with See No Evil, though. I don't want to get completely sidetracked, but just before it's 2006, I think See No Evil comes out. But See No Evil was like Kane is in the movie, essentially playing Kane, but he murders people. Yeah, it's- like that's that's the the premise of the movie is Kane is Kane. Like that's and he they do play to people's strength. It's just like I don't know, man. It's uh, whatever. We'll talk about it when the time comes. The WWF make headway and they bring in DDP who wants to wrestle as soon as possible because he's an older man. And like Booker T, of course, he sees the value in getting in first. Booker T came in the WWF because he basically said they're going to do a separate WCW show. I'll be the star of the show. And he was one of the higher push WCW talent because he's Booker T's a smart guy. He goes in, he says, I'll be nice to everybody. I know how to handle myself as a professional wrestler. And a lot of the WCW guys had never been taught that. They just fucking come in. They don't do the weird stuff like going to the Undertaker's locker and then getting on both knees and saying, this is your yard, earnestly. And he goes, this is my yard. I don't like Shane Helms. He didn't tell me it was my yard soon enough. And Buff Bagwell doesn't said he doesn't understand what yard means. Vince, there's a couple of people you hired from WCW that don't seem to know this is my yard. They better be in my hotel room. They better be naked. They better be lubed. And they're just going to sit there and watch me sleep (laughs) you didn't tell them this is my yard also they didn't call me the american badass they just tried to call me mark and did something called a hand shake i don't know how to pronounce it and i'll never learn this is my yard yeah the important thing to remember about this they told me i can't actually beat up (laughs) booker t except a 50 percent buyout from his time warner contract signs with the wwf apparently kevin nash tried to stop this at the last hour um, because he said they should all negotiate as a group because Kevin Nash is... Smart. Smart. Yeah. Um, Obviously, that doesn't happen. And the belief is the WWF have signed every wrestler they want apart from Goldberg, Scott Steiner, and Ric Flair, which, I mean, they obviously wanted Sting, and Sting was... uh, Obviously, being a Christian man, Sting was like, "Uh, can you guys... I mean, Sting also probably was like some stuff that you agree with and then some stuff you really don't he was like i don't agree with how women are treated on television and then people are like yeah sting you're really onto it and he's like and why are blacks so far up the car and they're like no sting no 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 go back to the thing about women and he's like that only white women are good no 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 i feel like sting is going to be someone we need an impression of because otherwise we're just saying the things when no context wrestler review gets yeah great point it's me, the stinger. Woo, I just don't think that they should have uh, women eating out of dog balls. I agree, Sting. And uh, <laughs> keep in mind, it's the stinger again. Billy and Chuck is an abomination. <laughs> no, Sting, no. <laughs> Woo, the stinger. Hey, I was just surfing with a couple of guys from Jamaica, and they were white, so I liked them. Sting rules. Woo. Like, that's... Yeah, 
now ride the wave of white supremacy, the stinger. Hey, it's me, Sting. Woo! I was just reading the Bible and it talked about, woo, respect for all people. And woo, we all know that that doesn't include the Jews or the Muslims. Woo, Sting, woo, Sting. Yeah! Put a scorpion death drop on the Islamic conspiracies. Ha <laughs> ha! Woo! They're trying to steal our culture. Hey, Luke. The reason why Sting was not signed in 2001, by the way, is that he had a meeting with Vince McMahon, and instead of talking about Vince's favorite subject, being Vince McMahon, uh, Sting just kept repeating, Well, what do you think about the Jewish question? Woo, 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 <laughs> I just surfed. So there were talks with Scott Hall, but those were mostly about Scott Hall being confused as to whether this was his car or not. And then they said, this isn't a car, this is a building. And then he, le- and then he left. All true. All hot. All sexy. All right. Um, the bottom line is that save for those few names, WCW is happy with WCW roster. It's assembled for its new show. Uh, the ratings for the survey released in June showed that WWF had lost 30%, 31% of its teenage audience in one year. Woo. Though this is financially successful year, the Caesar zone for decades of occasionally punctuated mediocrity and basically all the bullshit that was to follow the wrestling boom. Why did they lose a bunch of their audience? It's because of Stone Cold Steve Austin turning heel. That's why I stopped watching. I stopped watching immediately. When Stone Cold Steve Austin turned heel, I stopped watching. And once I didn't watch Raw for a week, I thought to myself, I literally thought to myself, I think... I'm going to try and have sex. <laughs> yeah, that's I did the same thing as I stopped I, I stopped watching Raw for one week and then I thought it's time to share some of this passion with women and then I've never fucking looked back. Yeah, and to this day me and John are no fap cuts. Of course, we uh I take no fapping so seriously. I don't even uh I don't even piss now. Like I don't even like yeah. I just <laughs> nothing goes out of my dick, only Q-tips. Into yeah, it. everything everything goes out the, the back door. I am uh, a proud boy. Woo, Sting here again. Let me tell you, the Proud Boys are a totally legitimate organization, but Black Lives Matter is a militant group. Woo, Sting, Sting, woo, woo, woo. <laughs> I just got back from an Antifa rally where they ate babies. I'm the Stinger, surfing on the moon. Sting here. I don't wear a MAGA hat because that way, woo people won't tell you what they think woo you want to know so you can better hurt your enemy woo 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 <laughs> the man called sting do 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 yeah the man called sting he'll make you uncomfortable with all of his opinions a man called sting he doesn't respect <laughs> anyone he's been married to the man called sting he uncomfortably uses the toilet. Sting was married to one woman. Sting was married to one woman. They kissed three times. Twice was to make a baby, and once was when they bought a house. That's and it. he he made it clear that he bought that house, and she's lucky to be living there. <laughs> yeah, June twenty first, WWF informed China that they will be uh, curtailing contract negotiations. She remains under contract until November, of course. To be honest, the China apparently had a huge ego. I mean, but obviously there is some sexism in that statement. She had just posed for Playboy. And as we will learn throughout the Vince McMahon journey, once you pose for Playboy, you are not viewed as an asset to the company. Very predatory. 
wrestling i yeah i've i got 50 percent of your playboy contract time for you now to leave you piece of garbage you are women as vince mcmahon has been said has been heard to say many times women are toilet paper and when they go and playboy that's when i vince mcmahon have wiped my ass with them <laughs> yeah the you could tell a lot talk a lot about china the reason why she was fired um also her substance abuse also clearly china God rest her soul, was one of the most mentally destroyed people. Of course. Listen, she she was she was a unique looking woman in in late 90s wrestling. Basically, she walked to the ring and every fan was like, You're a you're a moose, you're a moose, you're really gross. And then she went and hugged her boyfriend and was like, I'm not that disgusting. He's like, No, you're beautiful. And then Stephanie McMahon showed up and um Triple H pushed her into a muddy puddle and went, that's where you belong, piggy, piggy, piggy. And then she picked herself up, got some surgery. She did some things to her body and face to make her feel better. She appeared in Playboy. And then the entire world was like, her clit's bigger than usual because she's got a dick and that's bad. And then she was like, no, I thought I was pretty. And the whole world was like, no, bad, 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 bad. And then she's like, the only thing that makes me feel better is dating the one, two, three kid and taking pills. Time to go into porn. Time to die. That's pretty much the summation of our China episode, which is available in our old ones. What are they called? Archive, baby. Boom. In this month, Vince drops off Ford's list of richest men in America and from a billionaire back to a millionaire. He's still worth 700 million, but he is not a fucking trillionaire anymore, baby. July 2nd, this is where the plans for WCW as a separate brand are completely destroyed. They have a Booker T versus... I want you to explain why. They have a Booker T versus Buff Bagwell match, and Buff Bagwell doesn't get a definitive pinfall, leading for the fans to riot. Yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. It's a riot, because they want Buff to win. It's so insane that they put Buff Bagwell in the match. It's so fucking crazy. They end up bringing back uh, ECW to counter the Goldberg chance that occur whenever the WCW acts assemble. At this point, just go fucking get Goldberg. Like The XFL hangs so high off of the, over this year because you know... If he hadn't done the XFL, he has the money to bring in those wrestlers. Yes, it would have fucked up their pay system, but at the same point, just fucking do it or wait till they're out of contract. I know we're not rebooking the invasion angle. I'm just bringing this up again. It is reported that in July, uh, Vince had been talked out of blowing up a Honda car during an XFL um, halftime show when the company revoked their sponsorship. Vince McMahon is truly... Yes. um, He is capitalism if it was a person. Oh, you won't sponsor my stupid thing that's bad? I will destroy one of your cars I bought. (laughs) As the halftime show, very funny. And they would have had to clean up the car for like so long. Oh, and you know, it's it's a Vince McMahon production, so it's you're not getting a professional pyro like pyrotechnic guy. You're literally he's just gonna he's just gonna bring Kane onto the field and go, do what you do to the ring posts to that car. Honestly, that's what he would do. He'd be like, "Yeah, Kane explodes things." Those that's not that's not real though. No, it is. No, I I hired Glenn because he can blow things. What up. are the what's the likelihood of Vince McMahon thinking that Kane is a pyromancer? I'm saying it's sixty forty. Like it's sixty percent he knows it, and forty percent he's pretty sure. Well, based on the XFL documentary, he just hired the WWF's main cameraman to do all their stuff and. Forget one of the first XFL games was commentated by Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler. 
because Vince McMahon being the wonderful cheap man that he is just was like, I have commentators under salary. I'm not going to get new guys. And also, like, he lucked out in that Jim Ross knows a shitload about football and Jerry Lawler just spent the entire time ogling the stands going, who brought their kids? Ha ha! <laughs> oh, there's a big look at the sidelines, JR. Oh, the cheerleaders are on that sideline. I thought you knew me. <laughs> <laughs> and then Sting was there and went, can we pray? No, I can't. <laughs> can we pray for all of the people that aren't directly related to me to die because they're weak? Woo, I'm Sting. Woo. I, I think Hitler was wrong. Woo, kill everyone that isn't in the Burnham family. Woo, Sting. Woo, 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 woo. <laughs> <laughs> July 17th, the WWF issues an internal release that Vince's bonus had been reduced by 30%. This is, of course, because the wrestlers are pissed that the um, XFL losses have soaked up $35 million worth of their Yeah, and that's 100% what happened. Also, uh, Channel 4 cancels the WWF pay-per-view deal, which is them airing pay-per-views for free on the television show. Um, uh, And according to Christopher Hobson... Uh, it was done supposedly for increasing violent scenes, and according to Christopher Hobson, and now I'm reading the notes that I know he put he put these in there just because he knows that we didn't grow up in Britain, but he wants this out there anyway. And this is from CH himself. But in reality, Channel 4 can fuck off moralizing because it's where everyone my age saw real porn stars for the first time leading to an ad campaign from Channel 5's open soft, uh, soft porn evening that had the catchphrase, if it weren't on Channel 4, if it... If this were on Channel 4, they'd call it art. Yeah, but softcore porn is a lot different from a woman barking like a dog. I mean, consensual sex is uh, more appropriate than a guy going bark like a dog and a girl oh, terrified saying wolf. Yeah, well, that's according to Dylan. To be fair. Yeah, well, whatever, Dylan. Well, Christopher Hobson, you know what? For me, sex doesn't involve just me standing fully suited while a woman's naked and no sex at all. So maybe you should get your mind out of the gutter. You're a father. Yeah, what the hell? But And by the way, I'm talking to Dylan. Christopher Hobson's 100% right. Dylan, don't fucking tell him what to fucking do. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah. We don't we don't pay him enough to give him opinions. Goddamn right. July 22nd, WWF Invasion takes place. This is the, just going to be the start of the Invasion storyline. The Invasion storyline lasts four months. Why? Well, you're going to read why. Here's what happens. Some parts of this, I think, are cool. Um, I'll just talk about the cool parts because everyone just talks about the invasion parts uh, that, that sucked, which is all of it. But Earl Hebner uh, and Nick Patrick. 100% Knight, best part. Fun. Best part of the entire invasion angle is that. And it's that's honestly probably the best part. And because right. what's good about that match is it's two guys that have been in wrestling long enough to go. We don't know how to wrestle. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to full punch each other. Welcome to the fucking Thunderdome, bitch. Yeah, I mean, the rest of it is uh, dog shit. Like, as soon as they get ECW in and it's not this weird thing where it's like, you know, maybe you do the ECW thing first and then WCW, that and then that just buys time for the WCW angle or something. But um, that's the part I think was good is the referee match. I think it's really cool that they went down to the referees even fighting. SummerSlam takes place. Uh, in San Jose, just over 15,000 people. The buy rate was 565,000 people. That's down 5,000 from the previous year. The dip in buys after the invasion is considered a real damning because the, the invasion is supposed to be a huge kickoff for this. So the invasion storyline did 770,000 buys, and immediately you're down almost 200,000 buys for one of your signature pay-per-views. So think about that. Um, mostly the WWF guys win on this one. Except for they have that great Rob Van Dam, Jeff Hardy match. And 
everyone fucking loved Rob Van Dam so much around this oh. time, myself included, where every WWF fan saw this guy and was like, who the fuck is this? Because he is the exact WWF attitude era attitude, which is he's a nothing but high spots guy, but he pretend, but he has a, a personality of like a conceited asshole. But then, of course, over time, they just turn that into basically a bad Bill and Ted impersonation that Rob Van Dam does. But when he first comes in, beating Jeff Hardy was a, an amazing thing. They have Stone Cold, uh, the leader of the Alliance at this time, doing some great work. And they have him and Rob Van Dam square off at one point, And you can see the heat is there where it's like they've done all this damage to Stone Cold Steve Austin by making him be a heel and keeping him as a heel but they can basically redeem it if they just push Rob Van Dam. But it's Triple H's time to shine, and no one gets yeah. past Triple you H. You also have long hair. That's bad. Um, so guess what, buddy? Time for you to get buried a lot and say man and dude for the next 19 years. Yeah, and then even in spite of Booker T loses to The Rock, of course, even in spite of booker t losing to the rock booker t ends up getting himself over just because he turns into like like booker t was good in wcw and but clearly the best years of his career are in the ww oh my god booker t also like basically reveals himself to be one of the most versatile performers ever like king booker is yeah. considered wonderful and he does an accent slightly worse than we do on this very program and do you understand how bad that is it's real bad <laughs> but this is the interesting thing about King Booker and the interesting thing about Kurt Angle is that they both prove themselves to be too good at comedy playing the goof. Triple H, every time he does comedy, he's never the yeah, goof. Yeah, because Triple H doesn't know what that is. But again, and I completely get your point. Um, and this is, again, this is why 2001 is such an important year. It is the formation of everything that happens in the next 19 years. Um, a black guy or a really good wrestler has to be the goofy guy while Triple H is like, eh, nah, I'm very serious and I'm the game and also I'm here to play the game and games are fun. I'm good at checkers. I'm the game, 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 game. Yeah, Triple H is completely protected and treated like the absolute A1 alpha male from pretty much this moment on. Because Stone Cold is too injured. The Rock is off to Hollywood, and Kurt Angle is too good at being goofy, so Triple H is, in Vince McMahon's mind, his only option, which is, again, not fucking true. Yeah, it does suck. Like, if, if you started watching wrestling... Like, I pretty much started watching wrestling a bit again after the invasion angle was done, just because... My nerd rage made me so upset that I just was like, I probably shouldn't watch this rather than be one of those people who's like, I think I'm going to have to call in because they have to hear what I do with Jeff Hardy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's Dylan's actual voice that he just did right there. Yeah, that's my real voice. This is, this is just a manly put on. Survivor Series takes place November 18th, Greenboro, Greensboro Coliseum. The night after they bring Ric Flair in, which is very funny. So... Just over 10,000 people. The buy rate is 450,000, up 50,000 from the previous year, but obviously substantially less than if they just did the culmination of WCW versus WWF. But Team WWF, of course, beats the Alliance. Stone Cold turns face again the following night. So you have to understand, they have Stone Cold turn heel. They do the two-man power trip. 
with him and Triple H for a bit. Then the Alliance comes in. He turns face again. Then he turns heel again and uh, loses. This is the Alliance team, by the way. Stone Cold Steve Austin, who left famously left WCW uh, by being fired via FedEx. So he would be the person who would pretty much in... This make-believe angle that everyone talks about be the number one dude for the WWF versus Kurt Angle. Uh, Kurt Angle's also on the Alliance team. He's never been in WCW at all. Uh, Rob Van Dam uh, was in WCW as Robbie V. Booker T, uh, who, if you're going to draw a picture of the waning days of WCW, is the waning days of WCW. And Shane McMahon, who is obviously never been in WCW and is Vince McMahon's real son. Also, Shane McMahon... In this angle, isn't it's not like Vince McMahon is on Team WWF. Team WWF is The Rock, Chris Jericho, The Undertaker, Kane, and The Big Show. Yeah, it's really good. So, yeah, like that's The Big Show for sure should have, like, it, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's t- it goes without saying. If you're listening to this, you're a hyper nerd, and this is a very, 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 very bad angle. Obviously, Vince McMahon wins. Vince McMahon and the WWF wins. And what happens the next night? They start the invasion angle, which is basically they have the man that means WCW, Ric Flair, come out in Greensboro. Huge pop. No, no. It's in Charlotte. No, hang on. Hang on. It's in Charlotte. Like it's Charlotte. And right in Flair country. They're in Flair country. And Rick gives, I think, probably his best promo of three years. Because it's so fucking good. You know, as soon as he goes, I bet on a winner last night, he's slamming his own fucking jacket. He's yelling all sorts of shit. It's fucking great. And then when he grabs Vince McMahon, Vince McMahon genuinely is upset that he, uh, a man is touch. A man touched me, Linda. Linda, a boy touched me, Linda. Yeah, you really see the difference. It's like Vince McMahon and Ric Flair playing off each other is so fucking good. It's so fucking Yeah, it's like if I hosted a podcast with myself. (laughs) Whoa. And Austin turns babyface. And just by because, like, it makes sense that he's against Vince McMahon. Because Vince McMahon... This is the weirdest thing where everyone was against him when he was with WCW. But now he's... WCW's gone. And it's just him versus Vince McMahon. And people are... Like, he's over still. But not to the level he ever was before like that heel turn and then the him turning baby face and heel and then heel again takes i'm not gonna say all takes like 10 5 to 10 percent from stone cold steve austin for a while yeah like five to ten percent of his audience reaction is down just because it's kind of like uh, it's this weird thing where it's like I don't know. What actor would you say had like a weird hiccup like this? Like, Agree. It'd be like, I guess, like how people, how super Beyonce fans deal with Jay-Z, where it's like Jay-Z, they think, oh my God, he's the best. And then there's rumors that he cheated on Beyonce, but they just kind of push it out of their mind. But in the back of their head, they still fucking know. I, they know he fucking I also think, and this is a weird thing to say, part of the problem with Steve Austin's reaction to this point is that he switches to the new metal version of the, his song. That's true. They switch away from the classic song, which is so fucking crazy. And it takes a, a lot of the fans a second to be like, wait, who is this? And then they're like, oh, yeah. And this is, again, Vince McMahon trying to like capitalize on who he is. There's more money being added. We're getting more like we're getting licensing put in all of this sort of stuff. This is Vince McMahon literally cashing the fuck in the entire time. And it's fucking it's it's shit. Like, it's just all fucking bad. You're totally right. 
this is yeah this is a this is the thing that goes unsung is they start having licensed versions of theme songs starting with stone cold steve austin like obviously triple h's motorhead theme works but like a lot of them just don't like they never rob van dam's theme song at the beginning is okay and then becomes one of a kind yeah when it's again you're the fucking wwf you can afford to get walk like it's this weird thing of the ufc does it like i'm sorry having like recognizable songs is actually really good like it's it's better for the crowd wc like do what ecw did not pay the royalties and when they come for the money be like the motorhead did a cover though so we'll pay them or something shut up fuck you <laughs> that being said the ufc when you watch an old ufc pay-per-view they have they dub over the the song yeah on the way out because they don't own the rights so they can't so that would affect rewatch rewatchability when it comes to like uh pay-per-views but like like john said they are moving more ahead from jim johnson which is like one of the things in the last couple years they've done really well is that like clearly triple h is a wrestling nerd and he's like no we need like wwe studio music like you put all this money into wwe films when he's like those cds of wrestler themes would sell a lot because when it was really hot, you wanted to have a fucking CD of Stone Cold's themes. Yeah, I have I have volumes one through four, bitch. Of course you do. But this is just another thing where Vince McMahon, to it's very smart from a financial perspective to monetize that aspect of his business. But it does take away from, obviously, from the fan um, experience. Now... November happens, Ric Flair versus Vince McMahon is your main storyline, and we get the birth of the Vince McMahon kiss my ass. You also get the birth of Dylan Gott jacking it Monday at 9.45. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. I just want to see a man be beneath another man. My name is Dylan, and I am into dominance. (laughs) Just one sec. I'm going to try and find out who the first person the Vince McMahon kiss my ass club was. I'm going to say it's William Regal. Yeah, the first uh, member of the Kiss My Ass Club is William Regal, who does a great job with it. And then it was proclaimed closed after The Rock made Vince kiss... Rikishi's ass. Rikishi's ass. But then obviously it continues on like pretty much until Vince McMahon is forced because it's actually detracting from his money. Um, This is a big year, though, because they burn through the whole invasion angle... And it's so crazy. Brock it's four months. Lesnar. They burn through the invasion angle in yeah, and from Mania where they like make a cool allusion to the invasion angle to out and out just starting it. Um, I'm trying to find out when Brock's debut. I was. know it's at, it's after WrestleMania 18. It's in 2002. So we will talk about him next year. But at okay, this yeah. in, oh next year okay in cool. 2001 Vince McMahon will have met Brock Lesnar and I assume literally just made out with him. Just, finally, <laughs> finally, yeah. This is because this isn't the year when they start being like, "Hey Austin, you have to job to Lesnar." There's no storyline. Just fucking go out there and do it. But this is when they start. Like, the crowd reaction-wise, they're not doing horribly, but they are just burning through storylines at an alarming rate. So that is the year 2001. John, what's the best thing about Vince McMahon in that year? Bob Costas' interview. It's the the greatest window into that man's soul. 
you see exactly who he is and uh i gotta tell you i don't like it but i'm not gonna stop fucking uh watching uh the um uh worst thing was trish Stratus bark like a dog which dylan loves and always talked about he's like oh, i love that part he's like i'm mm-hmm. dylan the best thing is the chest tattoo i've have of trish Stratus barking like a dog and the worst thing is anything that made John happy. Um, it's weird that that's how Dylan feels about everything in life. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you. I apologize for the rush nature of this episode. We had a time crunch this weekend. Um, the problem was is that Dylan, um, he wanted to come this weekend. So, you know, Dylan has fat loads. So if he starts coming, that's a full uh, 96 hours of come that he can't talk because he's just too busy going. Gee! So we had to do it right now. Ooh, yeah. So... All, we should mention t- the end of the paper the end of the paper view I- the end of the year sorry is the pay per view where Chris Jericho wins the uni- unified title of WCW title and WWF title by beating The Rock and Stone Cold on the same night but of course it's because someone beats both of those people for him and he's just dragged on top like a piece of shit and this is the first time of many times throughout the next twenty years where. The guy who holds the title is just fucking holding the title and not necessarily the main event. Yep. So what John said is the favorite. It was his first uh, best and worst is my best and worst. Thank you very much for listening, guys. Please subscribe to us on Patreon, patreon.com backslash wrestler review. You can get us on Twitter and Instagram at wrestler review. We're on Facebook, the wrestler review podcast. Please rate and subscribe. If you don't want to do any of the other ones, this actually helps us a lot too. just give us a five star rating on iTunes or whatever you listen to this. It takes 30 seconds and it would really, really help us out and subscribing helps our algorithms in the mechanical world. That is our whole lives right now. Thanks so much for listening guys for John Hastings. I've been Dylan Gott and you can kiss my ass club. (laughs) Ha ha ha.